Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. I would just encourage all our listeners to make a fresh consecration and to say, Lord Jesus, I'd like to consecrate my entire life to you, to enjoy you to the uttermost in the practical church life so that the body of Christ can be built up to satisfy your heart's desire. This is God's great will in the universe, and this is what we're living on this earth for. Living Stream Ministry welcomes you to the life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, who labored faithfully for more than 70 years before going to be with the Lord in June of 1997. The life study of the Bible was completed in 1995 and represents the fruit of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. And our life study of Romans today brings us to chapter 12, a wonderful, marvelous chapter in the book of Romans. And Ed Marks has joined us once again to explore these vast portions of Romans. Welcome back, Ed. It's good to be back for another life study program. Ed, today the early portions of Romans presented us with many great spiritual terms, justification, sanctification, glorification, to name just a few. And we have seen the deeper meanings of these items in previous programs. But the presentation that will take place today will begin to show how the process of life that we experience really has a goal related to our practice of life. What are we going to see, Ed, today? The process of life is sanctification. And this is actually the process of our being saved in Christ's life. He sanctifies us wholly. This means he adds himself in his holy nature into our spirit, into our soul, and into our body. This is the process of life. This is the means by which we're saturated with Christ's life. And the goal of this process is the practice of life. And the practice of life is the church life. All of our experience of Christ's life is for the practice of life. It's so that we would practice the church life for the building up of the body of Christ, which is the goal of God. This is what we're going to see in this radio broadcast today. Thank you, Ed. Let's join Witness Lee for this marvelous life study from Romans chapter 12. Now we come to the most practical section, the section of transformation. Transformation is for life practice, for the practice of life. We do need the transformation. We can never have a proper practice of life in our natural life. Whatever is natural is no good for life practice. We got to be transformed from being natural into something spiritual, something 
holy. So, for this life practice, we need a thorough transfer. The practice of life is mainly with the church, the body life, the local churches. This is the practical kingdom of God today on this earth. Many spiritual Christians do love the Lord. They are seeking after the growth in life, according to Romans 6 and 8. But after Romans 8, even after Romans 11, Paul starts another section. Even we have grown up to the level that is shown in Romans 8 and in Romans 11. We still are under something because we still don't have the church life. Sanctification and uh, confirmation, all these spiritual experiences are not for themselves. Sanctification is not for sanctification. Confirmation is not for confirmation. Both should be for the church life. After chapter 8 and after chapter 11, Paul said, I beg you, therefore, brothers, that you have to present your bodies a living sacrifice to practice the body life. So many seeking Christians don't like to talk about the church life. They say, as long as we are spiritual, as long as we are sanctified, as long as we are growing in life, that'd be okay. The Lord will spontaneously build us up together in some day. I would say strongly, their Romans is only eight chapters. Half of the book. They don't have 16 chapters. At least you have altogether five chapters of this book dwelling on the church. Life is not for life. Life is for the body. Life is for the church. How subtle the enemy is. He can use the best thing to build the people. Praise the Lord. We have five chapters in Romans on the church life. This church point is the final word of this record. Why the Apostle Paul wrote this book? Not just for justification. Neither for sanctification, neither for glorification. This book was written for ultimately, consummately, finally, the church life. Paul was so strong and so great in using five chapters to emphasize this one point. The church life. He wrote not in the doctrinal way, but in the way of practice, in the way of experience. If you couldn't get into the depth of these five chapters, you may uh, consider these are just kind of exhortations, uh, teachings, that we may know how to behave ourselves and so forth. Well, if you consider this way, it proves strongly that you still hold on the natural concept in understanding this holy word. We shouldn't understand that the Bible by holding on the natural concept that after you have been saved, you have to have a good behavior. 
to behave yourself. Even 22 years ago, when I had a thorough study on this book, even by that time, I still held that kind of natural concept. It was until the recent years I got into this book again and again, I said to myself, foolish man, you were. You were so natural in understanding the holy divine revelation. Apparently, these five chapters are a portion on the behavior of the believers. But let me check with you. What is the main item of the believer's behavior? The believer's behavior is mainly composed with the church life. Do you realize our church life is 90% of our living? What are we doing in these days? Churching. Oh, we are the churching people. Day and night. A lot energy, a lot time, a lot money spent by us for this churching. We are just churching. We don't care for the cause. We don't care for the time. We don't care for the energy. We only care for the church. We are churching. This is exactly the concept that the Apostle Paul held when he was writing this book. He didn't care so much for the so-called behavior. What he was caring for was the church life. We got to practice the processed life in the church life by being transformed. So, the transformation in life is for our practice of life, mainly in the church life. Ed, we have touched before on the point that it's very interesting that this marvelous book of the great doctrines and teachings of the Christian faith devotes its final five chapters not to doctrine at all, but to the revelation of the practical church life. This is neither accidental nor coincidental, is it, Ed? It's very true, Chris. It's not accidental, it's not coincidental, but it's very purposeful because our God is a God of purpose. And Romans reveals what God's purpose is. We can see that there are four major sections, actually. There's a section which talks about justification, then a section which speaks of sanctification, then the two final sections are on the body of Christ and the practical church life. This brings us to God's goal. God's goal is that the church would be built. In Matthew 16, 18, when Peter saw the revelation of him as the Christ, the Lord said to him, You are a stone, you are Peter, and upon this rock, the rock of the revelation of myself as the Christ, I will build my church. This is God's will and God's purpose. He wants a builded church. He wants the body of Christ to be built up. All of our experience of life, all of our enjoyment of Christ is for the building up of the body of Christ. Sanctification is the process of life. But the goal of our being sanctified, the goal of God dispensing himself into our being is so that we would be brought to the practice of life, which is the church life. Transformation is for the practice of life. 
when we are transformed inwardly, this is for the church life. We cannot practice the church life without being transformed. Conversely, it's only when we're brought into the practice of the church life that we can be really transformed by the Lord. So these two are a cycle. On the one end, we're transformed. This is for our practice of the church life. Then when we practice the church life, we are more transformed and changed metabolically to be the living, functioning members of the body of Christ. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for more of today's life study. I have to give a little definition about the word transformation. It's a good word. In the Greek, this word includes the meaning of change. The word changed is rather poor for this Greek word. It is not just a change. It is a transformation to have the thing changed in nature as well as in form. So this kind of change is a metabolic change, not just an outward change, it is a change with the inward constitution by metabolism. Metabolism means that something organic, something full of vitamins put into your being. Then you will have a chemical change in your organic life. This changes your constitution from one form to another form. And this is transformation. Suppose here is a person with a face so pale, nearly no color. Then this brother comes up to paint my face with some colorful thing. Well, there is a change. But this is an outward change. This is a change without life. This is a change without anything organic. But by what way you all have such a colorful face because day by day you take the good food with organic things in it into your body. Your body is living so the organic thing gets into your body so gradually you do have a change here. But this change is not an outward change but a change from within with organic life. A kind of metabolism. And this is what we mean, according to the Bible, transformation. Transformation means that the life of Christ is added into our being. And his life is so organic, full of vitamins. When his life comes into our being, surely there is a spiritual chemical compound formed. This changes our constitution. This changes our nature as well as our form. This is what we mean. Transformation. This portion of the word will be absolutely different to you with this proper understanding of the matter of transformation. Now, we have to practice this life. And this practice of this life is just the church life. Now, he comes to this point to tell us this in a begging way. Verse 1 says, I beg you, therefore, brothers. He begs us. Why? Because it's too important. And it shows God's desire. 
and it shows God's purposes here. For centuries, God was desiring to get such a thing. So the apostle said, I beg you therefore, brothers, through the compassions of God, not only compassion, but compassion, plural, to do what? To present your bodies. In chapter 6, he advised us to present our bodies already as weapons for fighting. In chapter 6, it was a matter of warfare. But here, it is a church life. And a church life is a sacrifice, an offering to God for God's satisfaction. The church life as a whole is just a satisfying offering to God. Many bodies are not many sacrifices. One sacrifice. Why? Many members are just one body. Many believers are just one church. Why he uses the word living? Today, the church is not a dead offering, but a living offering, full of Christ as life. This sacrifice is holy, just as God's holy nature. Our God is holy. He's absolutely different from anything else. And today the church is just that different. The church is different from any kind of society. The church is holy. This is the only thing that is well-pleasing to God, which is your most reasonable service. If you do mean business to be reasonable, you have to have the church life. To do anything other than the church life is stupid. To give up everything for the church life, that is reasonable. I mean it. If I have hundred lives, I will give hundred one to the church life. I've been in this service 50 years. I never regret a little bit. Ed, the first verse in chapter 12 presents us with two thoughts or items that seemingly are totally unrelated. First, the matter of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, and then secondly, transformation. And I have a pretty strong suspicion that these things are really not that unrelated, are they? No, they're not. In fact, they're intimately related. The reason why they are is this. Transformation takes place in our soul. Our soul is composed of our mind, our emotion, and our will. But our soul goes where our body is. So we have to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Now, practically, what this means is we present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice for the practice of the church life. This means that we need to present our bodies for the meetings of the church, for the meetings in our homes with other believers, in fellowship with other believers. We need to present our bodies to serve the Lord in the body of Christ. Then in verse 2, he indicates that when we do this, we will be transformed by the renewing of the mind. This means if our bodies are in the proper place, if they're with other believers, who are meeting to satisfy God's desire to build up the body of Christ, then we will experience transformation. 
And I would just like to impress our listeners with this. Transformation is a great miracle. What happens in transformation as we open to the Lord and allow him to dispense himself into us is a spiritual metabolism takes place in us. And we are metabolically changed in life to become a new creation. This is not a matter of adjusting our behavior. And an example of this is a mortician takes a dead body and puts makeup on it to make it look good. But it's still a corpse. Well, God doesn't do that with us. He infuses us with himself as our spiritual food to change us metabolically. Then our outward appearance, we have the health and beauty of the divine life radiating from our being. This is transformation. This takes place when we present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice for the practice of the church life. Thank you, Ed. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of this life study. Why Paul, when it is time to talk about the church life, firstly, he begged the believers to present their bodies. With us, as a human being, nothing so solid, nothing so real, nothing so practical as our body. If your body doesn't come, don't tell me anything about the church life. Where are you? You are in your body. So Paul said, brothers, I beg you. If you do mean business for the Lord's purpose, you have to present your body. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this age. What is this age? The world is a whole system constituted by Satan. A satanic system. Do not be conformed to this age. Means what? Means don't be modernized. We shouldn't be fashioned modernly to this modern age. Don't be conformed to that age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. The mind in chapter 7 is one thing. The mind in chapter 8 is the second thing. The mind in chapter 12 is the third thing. We need the third kind of mind. In chapter 7, the mind was alone, exercising by itself, independently. Then in chapter 8, the mind became dependent. But I doubt whether renewed or not. But here in chapter 12, we need a renewed mind. Not only renewed by the outward teaching, but renewed by the inward element of Jesus. When the Lord Jesus prays himself from within our spirit into our mind, then our mind will be renewed. By this renewing, our soul will be metabolically changed. Then we will have a transformation in our soul. This is necessary for the churching life. That you may prove by testing what the will of God is. That which is good and well-pleasing and perfect. What is this will? This will is just to have the body life, the church life. Don't apply this verse to your marriage, to your job, uh, to your buying a house. The will here doesn't mean that. 
the will here only means to have the church life. Everything must be for the church life. The church life is the unique will of God for us today. This is good. This is well pleasing. And this is perfect. Ed, we touched a point right at the end of Witness Lee's sharing that I would like to come back to. And that is the will of God which we prove by the presenting of our bodies. I know it's very common to hear Christians talking about finding God's will for my life, but it's not often that we hear, I want to find out the will of God, period. Ed, there's a gigantic difference between these two expressions, isn't there? Yes, there is, Chris. Many times we're only concerned with our happiness or our desire. What can God do to satisfy me, to make me happy? And surely God wants to do this. But deeper than this, we need to realize that God has a desire. And so as believers in Christ, as members of his body, as those who love the Lord, we want to be those who aren't self-centered. But we want to say, Lord, how can I satisfy your desire? What is your great will in this universe? I would just like to point out from the scriptures three portions that talk about God's great will in this universe. The first portion is in Hebrews 10. This is in verses 5 through 10, where Christ says, I come to do your will, O God. And what this portion reveals is that Christ came as the reality of all the offerings and sacrifices in the Old Testament to offer himself on the cross for our sins so that we might enjoy him as everything to us. So the first aspect of God's will is that we would enjoy Christ as everything. Then when we come to Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1 speaks of the counsel of God's will, the mystery of God's will, the good pleasure of his will. Well, in Ephesians, God's will is the body of Christ. He wants the church to be built up as the body of Christ for his expression. Romans 12.2 speaks of the will of God, the good, well-pleasing, and perfect will of God. The will of God is the practice of the church life. So when you put these three scriptures together, what we see is that God's will for us is that we would enjoy Christ as everything in the practical church life for the building up of the body of Christ. I would just encourage all our listeners to make a fresh consecration and to say, Lord Jesus, I'd like to consecrate my entire life to you, to enjoy you to the uttermost in the practical church life so that the body of Christ can be built up to satisfy your heart's desire. This is God's great will in the universe, and this is what we're living on this earth for. Thank you for your fellowship today. look forward to your return very soon. We will be back tomorrow with another outstanding life study from the Book of Romans with Witness Lee. Thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 
That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.